be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show an old friend, Ellen Hayakawa, who uh, we did some work together a few years ago working with the uh, spiritual indigo children. And we've just reconnected in the last few weeks and I'm delighted to do so. So Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Peter, for having me, and thanks to your listeners for taking the time to tune in and and listen to this program. Well, if any of our listeners have children or grandchildren, then this is a show you really do want to pay attention to. There are so many children in the world today who have got gifts that are yet unknown, and these children appear to be having a tough time in the world, and yet there's a wonderful aspect to them that once we can tap into, things can really shift for them and for their parents. And Ellen is an expert in this area, and that's what we're going to be discussing on the show today. But Ellen, before we get into that, I'd love to hear your story. I think it's always good for our listeners to hear how the awakening has taken place for our guests. So tell us about your, your own personal story. Oh, I'm happy to share that. Um... Well, let me start the story first. When I was three, I saw an angel. So, and I always had a predisposition, I'd say, to the spiritual world. There was something about the spiritual world that attracted me. Um, and I was not born into a religious family, but when I was five years old, I said, I'm, I'm going to church now. And so um, they actually found a friend who would, um, who would take me to church with him and his children. Um, and the and Mother Earth always, I always had a deep passion for Mother Earth. And so when I was quite young, I think I was 14, I went on a 300-mile canoe trip from Highway 11 to James Bay in northern Ontario. And I carried that love of the Earth with me and the passion for um, really, at that time I would have said saving the Earth. Um, and I went into wildlife biology and became a professional wildlife biologist and was working in the federal government. And after about, so I've always really followed my passion and and followed my heart, Um, but what I found was that after about 10 years of working as a wildlife, as a professional wildlife biologist, I started to just feel 
bored and um, and and I went into a depression and I, I didn't know that it was depression at the time because um, nobody had ever talked to me about depression but I had a really hard time just you know getting to work in the morning and I had that feeling I didn't come here to the planet to do this um, and so I started really on an inner search um, you know what was the meaning and purpose of my life what did I come here to do and on the night of my 35th birthday, I was extremely blessed to have a mystical experience. And I didn't know that it was a mystical experience at the time. I didn't really have words for it. It was an experience, and it was an extraordinary experience of um, being the light and being one with the light. And this incredibly expansive feeling of being one with all that there is. And that awakening experience really seemed to open up my psychic and intuitive channel. So, you know, although I'd been always followed my intuition in some way, um, very fortunate to have been raised by parents who said, always follow your heart, um, something happened when I had that awakening. And my clairaudient abilities um, really opened up, and I heard words. I heard you are to bring the word spirit and spirituality into the consciousness of people in mainstream workplaces. And that was really the start of an incredible journey of learning and understanding how spirit was really working in my life and working in the lives of other people, as well as working on a very expanded cosmic and um, sort of multiverse level is what I'd say. Before we talk about the children, uh, you did actually or have done work in uh, the corporate world with spirituality. How did that go for you? Well, that was, yes, and that work started um, at the time of this awakening when I, when I heard those words, you are to bring the words spirit and spirituality into the consciousness of people in mainstream workplaces. And, you know, I was really, at that time, I was new really on, a, on being on a very conscious spiritual path and I asked the question, well, how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> because for my, from an ego perspective, from a personality perspective, I felt like I was a wildlife biologist. And I was really not sure how to um, anchor or ground this divinely inspired vision of bringing the word spirit and spirituality into the consciousness of people in mainstream workplaces. But what I did think to myself was, you know, I'm working here in the in the federal government, that's about as mainstream as you can possibly get. I might as well start right here. <laughs> and, um, and I think that that's what spirit always asks us to do. We're actually always given the equipment and the gifts and, and the particular abilities. And as we, as we do our divinely inspired vision of work, we find more and spirit really opens up the way to us, and that is exactly what happens. So I just began to speak about spirituality at work to my manager, who had newly hired me, and fortunately he was really open, and he said, I think we need to get your ideas implemented around here, but I don't know whether this organization is actually ready to talk about spirituality in the workplace, because you know, we're not even talking about values um, but he continued to really help me with my work and said, you know, why don't you do a workshop inside? Why don't we do a workshop on spirituality in the workplace? And um, you could give it to employees. 
What ended up happening, which was the amazing part of spirit just opening the way, was that in order to get to give this um, workshop on spirituality in the workplace to employees, so to give the training, I actually had to propose the idea to higher and higher levels of management for their approval. And so somehow I found myself giving a talk to executives from across the country in the highest level of (laughs) That's clever. (laughs) (laughs) On spirituality in the workplace. And, you know, I was just, I mean, I can't really even describe, even when I think about it and put myself in my body, you know, back in that time, I was just so astonished at what was going on. Really, I didn't know what was going on in some way. But I was speaking to the assistant um, deputy minister and all the, you know, director generals within the federal government. And again, for whatever reason, it was almost as though their minds and their spirits and their souls had been prepared for these messages that spirit wanted to use, you know, wanted me to be a channel for, because that's really all I feel that I am is just a channel for spirits message messages. And, and I, you know, I've agreed as a human to, to basically bring these messages. And so before I knew it, they were saying, yes, we approve of this workshop. And why don't we start here? Why don't we as executives have a workshop on spirituality in the workplace and sustainable development. (laughs) And so that's actually where the work started out. And I really understood that it was important that in fact, all this work in terms of building eco-spiritual foundations within government, politics, agriculture, media, education, within all the systems is extremely important. And it really does help when uh, people at the highest levels in a system um, actually endorse and get behind an idea. It can go much more quickly. Um, and then for whatever reason, I ended up going on radio and television and the messages were spread to millions of people and appearing on stages as a keynote speaker with you know, Deepak Chopra and, and Matthew Fox and others. And it's gone out in telesummits. And so it's really been amazing to watch And the other thing that I'll say, it was amazing because I started that work in 1994. And for the most part, my spiritual friends and all my other friends said, you can't possibly do this. (laughs) There's no way that you can talk about spirituality in the workplace. People are just not ready for this. And um, much to my amazement, really... People were ready, and it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. There wasn't an effort. There was such a flow, and it was like it was riding the wave. Um, and so I did realize that when we and I was totally. And what I'll say is that what I felt was that I was totally aligned with the vision when I received this vision. When I received the words of spirituality and business spirituality in the workplace, I felt like, you know what, this is what I came here to the planet to do. And energetically, I stepped really into that message and I stepped into that design, I'll say, you know, much more consciously, um, the design that spirit wanted me to really fulfill and live and that would help me also personally to fulfill 
my full potential, but also to help others to do that. And so because I think I had such an alignment and I believed so much in those messages that those were the messages that needed to be um, spread to the world, the work went smoothly and in spite of all the other people with their reservations and saying that, you know, I couldn't do it and it wouldn't happen. um, In fact, it happened in miraculous ways is is what I'll say. I just kept seeing opening after opening after opening and just kept stepping into it. Well, actually, Ellen, we're coming up to our first break and we'll take that break and when we return, we will now focus our time and attention on the children and the spiritual gifts that they have and how we can actually help them to activate and awaken. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porozhik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com. There's all sorts of information from my previous newsletters, uh, radio shows. They're all there with the descriptions and the names of the guests. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com, where you will find our Ambassadors of Light program, where we have a class every two weeks. And the nice thing about that is that we are right up to date with what is happening in the world today as things shift very, very rapidly indeed. So www.pittertongue.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. I have with me today Ellen Hayak, Hayak, <laughs> sorry, Hayakawa. 
Sorry about that, Alan. I know your name well. I should, shouldn't stumble over that. And uh, we've been talking about Ellen's work in the corporate world in, of con- and consciousness and bringing spirituality into uh, the workplace. But the, the real focus of Ellen's work is with the children. So tell us how that shift took place from the corporate world into working with the children. Yes, well, after a while of working in the government, I really realized that the whole spirituality, all the messages really needed to go to, you know, more places than just inside the government. So I ended up leaving the government and um, and organizing a global peace summit. I had another vision, and I organized a global peace summit, which was the 2001 Summit on Spirituality and Sustainability. And in that process, a friend brought, and, and at that time I was receiving vision that there needed to be another summit eventually that would involve children and youth, but I didn't know what that was. And then all of a sudden a friend uh, said to me, uh, she was coming to visit and from out of town, and she said, I'd like to bring a video. And in this video, there's an 18-year-old Mexican woman, and she's blindfolded, and she's taking photos. She's receiving photos from people in the audience, and she's reading these photos blindfolded. Um, she, she's scanning the photos. And I thought, oh, that, well, that sounds like a really interesting video. And I said, sure, you know, bring it. And, um, and I suggested to her that, well, maybe I'll invite some friends to come over and watch this video with us. So I did that. And um, so we watched this video together. And sure enough, there was a woman and she was blindfolded and she was being handed photos. She was on a stage. She was at a conference. And uh, the people from the audience were handing her these photos. And she was scanning the photos and reading, basically saying what the photo was of. But more than that, she was talking even about the emotions of the people in the photo, or she was talking about the photographer. So she had, you know, that level of information. I was very curious as a scientist (laughs) that um, brought my curiosity to the forefront. And I said to a nine-year-old boy who was sitting in there uh, in the room with us, you know, would you like to try this exercise? And I said that to the adults, you know, would, would you... Well, I'd like to try this exercise. Maybe we can do it together. And so they all agreed, and the first person to try was this nine-year-old boy. So he put on a blindfold, and I handed him a magazine. And he scanned the magazine, as he'd seen the woman in the, in the uh, video do, and he scanned it with his hands, his fingers. And he said, there's a blue Jeep in a red desert with a blue sky behind it. And that was exactly what was in this magazine that was exactly what was on the page and so I said to him at that point well how do you know the difference between red and blue and he looked at me as children do and sometimes uh, (laughs) (laughs) in that way of how come you don't like what? This is so straightforward. Like, I don't understand why I have to explain this to you. Yeah. Um, and, and he also said it in that kind of tone of voice. And he, it was obviously, and I, I, and I could feel that. I thought, you know, it's, this is very straightforward to him. And he said, you know, red feels warmer and blue feels cooler. And I thought, wow, incredible sensitivity something must be going on. 
And then I wondered, of course, as a scientist, is it only with him or is it with all children? Is it with all of us? Like, what's really happening here? So the next day there happened to be a gathering at a friend's retreat center on this little island where I live um, in the Northwest Pacific. And uh, so we went to the retreat center. There were a, a, a group of children and, um, and their parents and, you know, people really of all ages. And so we decided again to do this exercise. And it turned out, so the interesting part was that many of the children had been diagnosed with uh, learning challenges or brain disorders such as dyslexia, um, ADD, ADHD. Oh, and I, I, I just want to backtrack a little bit because this young, the, the nine-year-old who I first discovered this with, um, had been diagnosed with ADD. And what he said to me after he found out he could, he could basically read these magazines um, and books without his eyes, he said, you know, I've just been put in a, or I've just been diagnosed with ADD. And I've just been put in a special needs class because he actually couldn't read to his grade level in school. And he said, and he said, and I've just found out something that I can do that adults can't do (laughs) because most of us, when we tried the exercise after he did it, could not do it, of course, as well as he could. Um, and, And I also realized when he talked when he said you know I felt stupid I felt I thought I was stupid Um, how children are feeling when they're labeled with a disorder or a brain challenge or a learning challenge and so interestingly enough the next day when we did this exercise it turned out all the children could do this exercise we had children in the group who couldn't even read at that point because they were so young they did know the alphabet And so they were actually able to scan and read the letters on the page um, and, you know, just read the letters, not the words, because they weren't even a reading age yet. And um, and all of them had been or were since diagnosed with disorders. One little girl who was seven years old at the time had been diagnosed with dyslexia. So she was, you know, having a lot of trouble reading. Yet she could read these books and magazines and newspapers, you know, without her eyes blindfolded. And I asked her, again, because I have a scientific background, I'm always very curious about how do things work? How do things happen? And so I said, how do you read these magazines without your eyes? And she said in this, uh, you know, it's one of those moments, again, that I'll never forget because it was so clear, and it changed my life, just to see the day before it changed my life, seeing this young boy reading magazines without his eyes blindfolded. This moment also changed my life and turned me in um, and, and really opened a direction for me. And she said to me, I read the magazines by focusing on, my, focusing on it with my third eye and reading the screens inside my head. And she was as clear as clear can be. And since then, I've given lots of workshops with people of all ages. Um, I love to give all generations uh, training um, because I think that that's the way that we learn the best. And numerous children have said something like, I focus on the screens inside my head. I read the screens inside my head. 
some of them say that, you know, my, this eye itches or they'll, <laughs> when I asked one little boy, he was lying on the floor. I think he was, he was very young. He might've been five or five or six. And I said, how do you read these? And he said, you read it. He, he used that same tone of voice. You read it. <laughs> and I said, yep. Yeah, but how do you read it? And he said, you read it with your eye. And he pointed at me and he point because he was lying on the ground and I was, I was, uh, you know, sitting just sort of above and he pointed at my third eye. And, and that was also when I realized, you know, they are perceiving a whole different world than we are. He's seeing my third eye. I, you know, I don't normally see people's third eye. There are lots of people that do, but I don't normally see that. There's a lot of things that I feel. But he pointed at my third eye, and I thought, wow. Like, they're seeing things, they're feeling things, they're hearing things at a whole other level of energy sensitivity and psychic giftedness. And, you know, that's the world that they're living in. So, so, so what is the connection, then, between that, that intuitive ability and these so, so-called brain disorders? Well, really, it's... Part of it is that the brain, the, the brains, you know, of children are really evolving. And so they're, they're actually learning in very, very different ways than our kind of linear, our sort of static linear um, approach that we've been using. And they're really integrating all this information very rapidly. So when you look at a child who, you'll, you could say, on one end, we could say, oh, that child has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. You know, they're, they're very hyper. Um, I would say that what's happening is that we're not necessarily matching the level of stimulation that that child needs to that particular child. What we find with children with ADHD, and, um, and that there were messages that were given to me as I was doing this work, and one day I happened to be riding up a ski lift with a, a, um, a man who was a, a supply teacher, and he said, you know, he said, the thing with ADHD students, he said, I'm always given a list of them, you know, when I go to these classes. And he said, they always seem to, to, they appear like they're not paying attention. They're always doing something. They're talking to someone else in the class. They're fiddling around. They're playing games, you know. They might, they might be disrupting the class. And he said, but when I ask them the question, they always know the answer. <laughs> And so, you know, he said that's sometimes very frustrating as a teacher. So the way that children are learning and absorbing information is in a very different way. And sometimes we're the ones that are perceiving that, they're, that they have a disorder, whereas under that so-called disorder is actually a gift. And it's actually often, you know, a psychic gift, a gift of sensitivity. Um, sometimes they're so sensitive to, sensitive to energies, presences that are there. So, um, you know, young people have shared stories with me about how they can perceive people that have passed on to the other side. And so sometimes that's disturbing for them. And because they haven't necessarily been given the tools to know how to work with that, those kinds of energies, then they're using something like rituals, um, you know, to, to be able to self-soothe themselves and to deal with that energy. And so then that can come out and we can diagnose it as something like obsessive-compulsive disorder. So, Ellen, actually, we're coming up to our second break, and I actually want to step into this, this area next where kids actually struggle in the world 
because of their gifts and we, how we can best help them. It's uh, Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to thank Voice America for doing such a great job in facilitating these shows with such wonderful guests that we have, uh, Engineer Roland today and my producer, Brandy Jackson. I just want to thank you for the great job that you're doing in bringing this information to a worldwide audience. I have with me today Ellen Hayakawa, and she's talking about her work with the spiritually aware children, who many of whom have suffered in their lives uh, up to this point. Uh, when I was the school principal working with grade 9 through 12 students, many of the so-called indigo children uh, would come to me with their incredible gifts, but also the challenges that they had. And many of these children were turning to alcohol and, and different drug use in their teenage years, essentially because their needs were not being met and the teenage suicide and depression. Uh, and so it's really, really important for us to understand uh, what what is taking place and how we can help the children through uh, through this time and obviously we need to start before they get to the age of uh, of the, this uh, dependency on on outside influences to really to deaden their and numb down their senses. So Ellen, just just tell us a bit about how we can best help these children. Absolutely, Peter. Um, so first of all, that's it, you know we're we're still observing 
the teenage suicide rate and anxiety rate and depression rate, and, and that rate is even going down, you know, into the into children. So um, I've seen seven-year-olds who are on antidepressants. And so really, we're in a huge spiritual crisis right now. And of course, as you know, and as your listeners know, when there's a crisis, there's also an incredible opportunity. Um, and so I think what's happening with our young people is that they're magnifying the fact that we have not had a focus on the spiritual world, that the focus has been more on the material world, and that we need to really balance that. And they're the big mirrors, that they're crying out for help. And definitely, you know, in brain development, and definitely in um, cultures which have kept their spiritual traditions, there's always been spiritual initiations and times of spiritual um, ritual and initiation as young people, as children, pass through the various stages of life. And really, those often coincide with the changes in their brains because of their brain development or their hormones. And so, you know, at the moment, um, because I want to address this, um, you know, feeling all the pain and not, they haven't been given the tools to deal with it. So it's important to understand they have their own pain. Um, they, They are so sensitive that they're feeling other pain. They feel other people's pain. They feel the earth's pain. They feel sometimes the people who have passed on to the other side of other beings. And they're really in a process when they turn to drugs and alcohol and fast driving and sex in the process of self-medicating so that they numb themselves so that they don't feel that pain. And we as adults are the ones who are really responsible for helping to steward our young people, you know, whether it's in our families or schools or our communities, and to really provide the channels for them to um, speak about their gifts, to speak about and to experience what they're passionate about, and also to really provide these spiritual avenues, which you know we've we've always done traditionally. It's just as though in our modern society that we've somehow temporarily forgotten to do that. And so I would really invite people, I'll speak a little bit about, you know, what I think we should be providing and what I've seen that works um, based on children who are struggling. Because I've seen, you know, one young man came to me and he tried to commit suicide three times. He was on four uh, medication, you know, four prescription drugs for his the, the various disorders that he had been um, labeled with. And it did turn out when I tested him, it turned out that he was extremely psychic. He was extremely clairvoyant. He could read books and magazines from across the room. He could see inside people's bodies. Um, He he had amazing gifts. And he had told um, his psychiatrist that he saw the purple energy of laziness on a seat and that he didn't want to sit on it because he didn't want to pick up the purple energy of laziness. And so she put him on um, a drug, um, an antipsychotic drug. And so um, it, it was interesting because, you know, my focus has always been on helping a child to find their gifts. And I think that when we focus on that, it, and when we focus on that and then help them to channel that, 
So through training, he did realize he could see inside people's bodies and he, he was able to tell someone, you know, I can, I can see your unborn child and, and she wanted to know more. And so, you know, he, he told her, well, he's a boy and he's highly enthusiastic and he's, he's got a yellow aura. And, you know, I now work with that child. I was able to work with that child in the womb. I work with him now, and he's one of the most enthusiastic children that I've ever seen. And, of course, his first color, when once he could speak, his favorite color was yellow. So this young man, um, once he started seeing and using, in his case, it was his spiritual gifts, his psychic gifts, his gifts of clairvoyance, when he had them affirmed so that he, that it was... That he wasn't seeing. It wasn't just that he would, because he said to me, I thought I was crazy. You know, when I was, when I was diagnosed, when I was told all these things, I thought I was crazy. And the reality was that he was seeing real energy on, on a seat. And when I gave him the energetic tools to actually clear the energy, and I also said to him, you know, if, if, um, you use these tools and the energy doesn't clear, you know, don't sit on the seat. Because every time you do something that goes against your soul, there's a little schism, you know, in your, in your soul. And, and then you'll have to go back and, and, you know, repair that at some point. So when we can, and now I'll say he's, you know, he went by focusing on his gifts, he actually was able to just gradually in his own time, release behaviors that would have him diagnosed as, as having a disorder. And he was also able to release all his medications. And he's now, you know, a healthy, happy young man that you wouldn't, have re- wouldn't even recognize as the young man who wanted, you know, to commit suicide. Um, so it's really providing the avenues. And, and there are things, for example, that young men need. You know, they, there's a time that they reach when their hormones start running, 13, 14 years old, where their brain craves dopamine. And, and young men used to go out in, you know, in the native tribes and would test their courage and do things that they didn't think that they could do, but they would throw themselves with the encouragement of their elders in, in relatively safe situations because the elders are supervising that. You know, they would go on the buffalo hunt or they would test themselves in certain ways. And women, young women, you know, youth would be with the women and would share the rituals and the ceremonies of womanhood. And those are some of the things that we're actually missing right now. I think one of the most important things, Ellen, that you've, you've already touched on in that example is I've noticed again with the kids that I was involved with as, as teenagers that as soon, they're, as soon as they come across an adult who understands and validates their experience, their whole life changes, doesn't it? It, it completely changes. They change. I mean, it, it's almost as though, um, and I'll say with this young man, you know, he tried to commit suicide. He was almost asking for his own death in some way. But, you know, in the moments that he realized he had gifts, that he could use them, that he wasn't crazy, that he was definitely having energetic insights and somebody was willing to work with him. I'll say after his first session, his mother said he slept for 14 hours. And I said, well, what do you think happened? And she said to me, I think his soul finally relaxed because he found one person in the world 
and it seemed also to be especially important that he find one person in the world, an adult, who actually understands him and sees his soul. And that, so, that's all every child, you know, every person needs to have, and every child needs just to have one person to see their soul, to see their gifts, and to help them to channel those gifts. So there's this, perce- there's this perception shift that is so important that the old world, the old school system, the old medical system has a set of beliefs about these children and as our listeners on the show today who have children and grandchildren, what we're asking you to do actually is to simply listen to what your child or grandchild is saying and allow them to explain to you what they know and shift away from judging the situation based upon the old paradigms and just allow them to be who they are and pay attention and let their gifts emerge. Absolutely. It, the, the, I think that what happened for me, and I'll speak personally, because I, many years ago, would have been very close to all of this. <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and in some ways it's like I've had no choice but to open and to open. And um, now I'm here speaking to you about, and your listeners have all these amazing experiences that I've had um, with children and youth. And um, what's been really important is for me as an adult, and I think, you know, I'm, pr- I'm probably a pretty typical adult, um, I have certain belief systems of the way things work. You know, when I started out, I believed that you had to use your eyes to read books and magazines. I believed that the world worked in a certain way. I believed in medical diagnoses. Um, and again, you know, I honor the medical profession um, for what they do. Um, but all of us can only, ex- we can only see what we're conscious of. And what the children are asking us to do, I believe, is to open up even further, to open up our belief systems to, as you said, refrain from judgment. You know, sometimes that's very, very hard. And when you're dealing with a child, even if you think you're open, if in your tone of voice or if in your body language um, you're judging them in any way, they, won't, they will not be able to open up. They won't trust you enough to open up to you and the information that they have and the knowledge that they have inside of them. I've had so many children who have opened up and they've said they've never told any of the things that they're telling me to other people. So, you know, whether it's that they see angels or they experience healing themselves um, from multidimensional beings or whether they're even, and, and many of them are doing healing. I mean, I had one child who came and she was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder because she was constantly waving her hands through the air and you know, everybody around her, when she went for diagnosis, they said she had OCD. In fact, she said to me, I'm cleaning all the dirty energy. <laughs> and she said, you would not believe, she, and she was very young, the same thing. I mean, she was six years old. And she said to me, you wouldn't believe how much dirty energy people drop. <laughs> Ellen, we're actually coming up to our final break, but that's a great, great story. And we don't want to stop her waving her arms around, do we? It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. You can probably tell that uh, Ellen, my guest today, and I have a lot in common in the way in which we have perceived and worked with these, uh, I consider, really exciting children who have, uh, ex- uh, who have some real challenges in the way our, our world works. And so, Ellen, I just want to give you the chance uh, to let our listeners know how they can connect with you through your website or any activities, events you've got coming up. Yes, I'm happy to do that. My website is www.ellenhayakawa.com, and so I'll spell that for your listeners. Um, It's E-L-L-E-N-H-A-Y-A-K-A-W-A.com, so ellenhayakawa.com. And um, if your listeners have any questions, they can email me at ellen at divinelyinspiredleaders.com so it's ellen at divinelyinspiredleaders.com fantastic thank you so i just wanted to to actually ask this question um are, are there any ways or exercises that parents or teachers can do with their children to help bring out the spiritual wisdom and gifts that we've been talking about absolutely um, so there, you know, the, there are many, many, many different gifts, so I'll say that. And, um, and there's different ways of drawing each of the gifts out. And then I'm finding that actually children and youth have a combination of gifts. And, um, but I'm going to give, um, your listeners some, you know, simple exercises. And one which was interesting, because this was shared with me by an 11-year-old. She um, had attended one of my workshops, and I actually think it was perfect. And uh, 
She said one day her, her teacher was pairing people off in a class through drawing cards. So, um, and she discovered she was able to predict which children would be paired together. <laughs> so before he even drew the name out of the hat, she was able to say, you know, this is the name that's going to be drawn. This is the name that's going to be drawn. So you can put a bunch of, um, you know, just a, a, some cue cards with words on them. So you could put red, yellow, flower, you know, what, whatever you would like to put on those cards and put them into a hat or into a box and draw them out um, and, um, you know, ask your child what it is before you've drawn it, before you've even looked at it. And uh, so that's a really great exercise. And, and then another one would be to simple things like uh, who's the next person who's going to be to phone in, phone into our house? Or what's the next uh, color, what's, what's the, uh, what color is the next car that's passing our home? Or that's, you know, if you're in a classroom and you're going to let your kids look out the window, which is they, they always love to do. Is <laughs> so work with the energy <laughs> when they're at that time when you see lots of them looking out the window, then you can turn it and say, you know, okay, let's all look out the window. <laughs> but first of all, let's turn this way and let's predict. So write down what the color of the next car is that's passing. It's interesting, uh, the, the examples you're giving, I'm just reminded of a, of a, a young man, again, who was diagnosed ADHD and he would, he would be in the classroom and there'd be a fire truck go by outside and he would be in the fire truck going to the fire with the guys because that's what he was really interested in, some real action with some danger involved, you know, and forget the history lesson, I'm going with the fire truck. And there were two young men at, at, at my school, boarding school, and they were both in grade 11 at the time, I think, so they were 16 years of age. And they used to phone each other and the deal was that one of them would, predicts what the other one was thinking about in that moment and what was interesting about it was if if the person it would be something like red like you you red yellow flower lunch whatever it was but what they realized was if they spontaneously answered they were always right and if they stopped and thought they were usually wrong oh interesting so they yeah. when they use their intuition they were right if they yeah. if their mind if they brought their mind into it then it would be the wrong, the, exactly. it would be the wrong answer. Yes. And, the, and these same two guys, it was really interesting to watch them move around the school because they spent as little time on the ground as possible. They both uh, would ride bikes everywhere, so they were on the air of the tires. <laughs> and they would literally jump along structures to get home to the, the boarding house from the school with as few little contact on the concrete ground as possible. Wow. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> now, now, I know, Ella, we're sort of coming up to the last few minutes of the show, and I know that you actually have a, a wonderful offer to our listeners to help them, in, in fact, work with their children. What would you like to, to offer? I do. Um, my offer to your listeners is three free training videos on helping your children to greater peace, happiness, and joy by helping them to discover their spiritual gifts. Fantastic. So just tell us a little bit about the, what the content of the videos. Well, in the videos, um, the first video contains the six spiritual keys to helping your children to greater peace and happiness. And um, I also go through tools for creating greater peace of mind, both for them 
and for you, for your listeners. And then I go through how to really help your children start to really access their intuition and these psychic gifts. And there's some exercises that you can do with them in terms of going on this journey. And I also, in the third video, I give you a template for your success as an adult steward um, because I know that you have various listeners, some who are parents, some who are educators, some who are health professionals, and some who, you know, just mentor and steward children. And so what you need to do um, to be successful in this in this journey of going together on the journey with the children that you steward. So you can find um, the, the training videos. You can sign in for the free gift at www.divinelyinspiredleaders.com forward slash children. So it's www.divinelyinspiredleaders.com forward slash children children fantastic well thank you very much for that so one of the the biggest questions that i always have had uh in in working with these children uh is why are they here why, why is this happening now what's what's this about in the bigger picture on the larger scale they're really here to help to anchor global peace on the planet um, and so really it's the destiny of this planet um, and our, all the beings on this planet to, you know, be, live in, in peace and harmony and really co-create um, with spirit, with the universe. And they're here to do that. Uh, if you think of the ability to be able to read, um, you know, a, a, a document anywhere in the world, then we can quite quickly conclude that there are actually no secrets in the world anymore. So there aren't really any more military secrets. And why would we have secrets, you know, if, if we're living the truth? And the truth of what is is that we're really here to love others, to love everyone on this planet as our brothers and sisters, and, um, and to be able to deal with conflict in a, in a very different way. So they're also here to implement the new, eco, the, the new foundations, really, for an eco-spiritual foundation where spiritual values are honored and where we live in alignment with both Mother Earth and Spirit. And in that case, we would not be warring or killing each other. And so for these children who've come into the world uh, with this expectation, um, this challenge that they're going through right now where the world doesn't appear to be what it is supposed to be from their perspective is a big piece of the frustration that they have, isn't it? Yes, they're really they're really saying to us, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, you know, the, the medical system, what's happening with them, it's not working really, you know, and, um, and, and sometimes it's, it's a hard message for us to get because we've been raised in it, we've been enculturated in it, um, and, but they're the ones that are, are way out, you know, waking us up and, and if we're objective, if we can move almost into our meditator's um, brain, we can start to objectively analyze and see, you know what, that's not working. <laughs> and they really have some, some really great ideas. And I think that's really what, you know, we're here to do is to ask them, well, what are your ideas about this? And I've met so many children who said, you know, I've come here to clean up the earth because there's a lot of things to do um, before we can, you know, a lot of cleanup to do in a sense. And they're, they're here to, to awaken us to that and to be, and for them also to be a part of that. 
Um, so it's a really, it's a very, very beautiful time in this time of awakening and transformation. And, you know, I know all your listeners are all part of that or they wouldn't be listening to this radio program. And so their children and grandchildren and their students, you know, and the clients they see if they're health professionals are all a part of this. So, Ellen, we're actually end, at the end of our time. It's gone incredibly quickly, and I really appreciate your wisdom and your experience in talking about these very gifted and special children. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much, Peter, for having me, and thanks to your listeners. And so to all of our listeners, really listen to this show and, and look at a different way, a different perspective of viewing these beautiful children who are amongst us, who have come to help us bring peace to the planet. My guest next week is Donna Hutchinson, who is a psychic medium. And she's going to be talking about uh, her awareness and very much along the lines of the children of today we've been talking about. Also, how she's helped to solve some quite serious crime uh, in her work. So it'll be an interesting show. I hope you have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.